Welcome to Zichu Daf Simanim Amr by Ram Gold and the Mazakas Baba Kama. The third parak The third parak has been generally responsible as Zerchen Nishmas or Rav Yitzchak ben Mer Golombek. May his neshama have an aliyah. So the three daps are going to focus on number one. On the previous daf, Rabbi Yochanan said that one burning on Shabbos without a purposeful intent is not liable. He's challenged from our mission, which teaches that burning someone's grain on Shabbos is exempt from paying because he's liable to death, and one act cannot incur death and monetary payment. Since the Mishnah discusses an ox burning grain, presumably without purposeful intent, the case of a man burning should be the same, yet he's exempt from paying. After Gemara suggests an ox can have purposeful intent, Rama answers that the Mishnah reflects the drush of Echizki's academy. Maka Adam Maka Behima. The Torah compares one who strikes a person who's executed and does not pay damages, and one who strikes an animal who does pay, teaching that just as one who strikes an animal always pays, regardless of intent, afmaka adam. So too regarding one who strikes a person, you should not distinguish between an unintentional act and an intentional act, or other exemptions from execution, to obligate him to pay money, rather always exempt him from paying money. Rush explains that here, even though the burning was destructive, he's still exempt from paying. Pointing to the next mission states, Shorshia wrote of Achashor if an ox was chasing another ox, Bohuzag, and it was damaged, Zelmer Shorcha Hizik, and the damaged party says, Your ox damaged it, Vizelmer Loki El Baseloaka, and the owner of the chasing ox says, No, it was injured by a rock, Hamotsi Machavero Alavaraya. The burden of proof is on the one trying to collect money from his fellow. Similarly, if two oxen chase an ox and one injured it, and it's unknown which, the owner of each ox can claim the damage was inflicted by the other and is exempt until proof is brought. If both are owned by one person, but the amount of payment would differ depending on which animal inflicted the damage, meaning if one or both are a tom, which pays only half damages, and cannot exceed the damage's value, the owner can always claim the lower amount until proof is brought. The Gemara notes that this Mishnah disagrees with Sumachus, who says, money, whose ownership is in doubt, is divided, and the accused damager would pay half. And point number three, Rabbi Barnasan said, If one claimed wheat from someone and the other person admitted owing him barley, he's exempt from paying even barley because by claiming only wheat, he's admitting he's not owed barley and has forgiven that debt. This is a challenge from Armish, which taught that if someone's two oxen each a tum, injure a second person's two oxen, and the victim claims a larger ox damaged his larger ox, and the smaller ox damaged his smaller ox, increasing his claim, and the defendant says the opposite, he must bring proof to collect his claim. This implies that without proof, he collects according to the defendant's position, even though it's not what the plaintiff claimed. The court answers that the Mishnah means really lethal, the enlo. He's eligible to collect if he brings proof, but if he does not, he collects nothing. Abrice explicitly says the plaintiff does collect the smaller claim of the defendant, and the Gemara explains it's where he sees the oxen, and they're already in his possession. So once again, the three points are number one on the previous daf. Rabbi Yochanan said that one burning on Shabbos without a purposeful intent is not liable. He's challenged from our mission, which teaches that burning someone's grain on Shabbos is exempt from paying because he's liable to death, and one act cannot incur death and monetary payment. Since the Mishnah discusses an ox burning grain, presumably without purposeful intent, the case of a man burning should be the same, yet he's exempt from paying. After Gemara suggests an ox can have purposeful intent, Rama answers that the Mishnah reflects the drush of Echizki's academy. Maka Adam Maka Behima. The Torah compares one who strikes a person who's executed and does not pay damages, and one who strikes an animal who does pay, teaching that just as one who strikes an animal 
always pays, regardless of intent, so too regarding one who strikes a person, you should not distinguish between an unintentional act and an intentional act, or other exemptions from execution, to obligate him to pay money, rather always exempt him from paying money. Rashi explains that here, even though the burning was destructive, he's still exempt from paying. Point number two, the next Mishnah states, If an ox was chasing another ox, and it was damaged, and the damaged party says, Your ox damaged it. And the owner of the chasing ox says, No, it was injured by a rock. The burden of proof is on the one trying to collect money from his fellow. Similarly, if two oxen chase an ox and one injured it, and it's unknown which, the owner of each ox can claim the damage was inflicted by the other and is exempt until proof is brought. If both are owned by one person, but the amount of payment would differ depending on which animal inflicted the damage, meaning if one or both are a tom, which pays only half damages and cannot exceed the damage's value, the owner can always claim the lower amount until proof is brought. The Gemara notes that this Mishnah disagrees with Sumachus, who says, money, whose ownership is in doubt, is divided, and the accused damager would pay half. And point number three, Rabbi Barnasan said, If one claimed wheat from someone and the other person admitted owing him barley, he's exempt from paying even barley because by claiming only wheat, he's admitting he's not owed barley and has forgiven that debt. This is a challenge from Armish, which taught that if someone's two oxen each a tum, injure a second person's two oxen, and the victim claims a larger ox damaged his larger ox, and the small ox damaged his smaller ox, increasing his claim, and the defendant says the opposite, he must bring proof to collect his claim. This implies that without proof, he collects according to the defendant's position, even though it's not what the plaintiff claimed. The more answers that the Mishnah means really lito ve'enlo. He's eligible to collect if he brings proof, but if he does not, he collects nothing. Abrice explicitly says the plaintiff does collect the smaller claim of the defendant, and the Gemara explains it's where he sees the oxen, and they're already in his possession. All right, so now we go to Simon Dafalamid Hay, and our standard Simon is a children's choir singing La La La. So here goes the Nizikin Boys Choir joyfully singing the Maka Adam Makbehema song as two kids dressed as oxen pretended to blame each other for damaging a third ox were abruptly interrupted when one father in the audience accused another of owing him wheat, and the other father responded. I owe you barley. So once again, it's a motion. The Nazikin Boys Choir, Boys Choir, that must be more enough. Lamed hey, la la la. The Nazikin Boys Choir joyfully singing the Maka Adam Umaka Behema song, which reminds us that more brings a rush of Chizkiah's Academy. Maka Adam Umaka Behema. The Torah compares one who strikes a person who is executed and does not pay damages, and one who strikes an animal who does pay, teaching that just as one who strikes an animal always pays, regardless of intent, of Maka Adam, so too regarding one who strikes a person, you should not distinguish between an unintentional act and an intentional act or other exemptions from execution, to obligate him to pay money, and rather always exempt him from paying money. So the Nazikin Boys Choir joyfully singing the Maka Adam Umaka Behema song as two kids dress as oxen pretend to blame each other for damaging a third ox, which reminds us, if two oxen chase an ox and one injured it, and it's unknown which, the owner of each ox can claim the damage was inflicted by the other and is putter until proof is brought. So the Nazikin Boys Choir joyfully singing the Maka Adam Umaka Behema song as two kids dress as oxen pretend to blame each other for damaging a third ox were abruptly interrupted when one father in the audience accused another of owing him wheat and the other father responded, 
I owe you barley, which reminds us, Rabbi Barnasan said, Tanu Pater. If one claimed wheat from someone and the other person admitted owing him barley, he's Pater from paying even barley because by claiming only wheat, he's admitting he's not owed barley and has forgiven that debt. So once again, the Nazikin boys choir joyfully singing the Maka Adam Umaka Behema song as two kids dressed as oxen pretended to blame each other for damaging a third ox were abruptly interrupted when one father in the audience accused another of owing him wheat and the other father responded, I owe you barley. All right, so now it's time for four blah back Hazara. Daf Lamadolf. So the similar Daf Lamadolf relates to the law, and we use a judge. So here goes. When the judge, judge, that must be more Daf Lamadolf. Law. When the judge carrying the flower pot to decorate the courtroom tripped over the judge who stumbled in front of him, who didn't warn him, which reminds us, the next mission states, If you have two potters walking, one behind the other, and the first stumbled and fell, and the second stumbled on the first, the first is high for damages to the second. Rabbi Yochan explains that even according to the opinion that one who stumbles is faultless, the first person is high here because he should have stood up after falling and he didn't stand up. Rav Nachman Yitzchak says he's even chayv if he could not have stood up in time because he should have warned the person behind him and he didn't warn him. Rabbi Yochan holds he is not faulted for failing to warn the second person, the Tarid, because he was preoccupied. So when the judge carrying the flower pot to decorate the courtroom tripped over the judge who stumbled in front of him, who didn't warn him, he called out regarding his broken shards, I did not dig this pit, which reminds us, Rav said, Rishon Chai Benizke Shane, the first person who fell, is liable for damages of the second, both for damages caused by his body and for damages caused by his property. Shane Chai Benizke Shlishi, the second is liable for damages of the third person who fell over him, Benizke Gufa, only for damages caused by his body, of Allah Benizke Mamona, but not for damages caused by his property. Property. He's not responsible for damages from his property because he can say, I beer love Anakrise. I did not dig this pit, and is not even responsible for not picking them up if he was mafka them. So, when the judge carrying the flower pot to decorate the courtroom tripped over the judge who stumbled in front of him, who didn't warn him, he called out regarding his broken shards, I did not dig this pit, just as another judge carrying a flower pot and a man carrying a beam collided, which reminds us. The next mission states that if one was coming through Rishus of Rabin with his barrel and this one was coming with his beam and they collided, shattering the barrel, the owner of the beam is exempt. Because this one has permission to walk through Rishus of Rabin and this one has permission to walk there. Daf Lamed Beis, so the similar Daf Lamed Beis is a lab. So here goes. The scientist outside the Nizikin lab, lab, that must be on Daf Lamed Beis. The scientists outside the Nazikin lab were busy observing the strange behavior of a cow squatting that was then kicked by another cow, which reminds us, Rishakish said, If there are two cows in Rishus of Rabbi, one squatting, one walking, if the walker kicked the squatter, its owner is exempt. But if the squatter kicked the walker, its owner is liable. So the scientists outside the Nazikin lab were busy observing the strange behavior of a cow squatting that was then kicked by another cow. When a man ran by Arab Shabbos calling out to greet the Shabbos Kalamachasa on his way to Shul, which reminds us one who runs on Friday at twilight is put from damages because he's running with permission to prepare for Shabbos. The more illustrates the permit to run on Friday at twilight with the practice of Rebbe who would call out, Come, let us go out and greet the bride, the queen. So the scientists outside the Nazikin lab were busy observing the strange behavior of a cow squatting that was then kicked by another cow. When a man ran by Erev Shabbos calling out to greet the Shabbos Kalamachasa on his way to Shul, who was about to pass a carpenter shop where a customer just got killed by a flying wood chip. Which reminds us, if one enters a carpenter shop with Rishus and is struck by a chip of wood, the carpenter is putter from Gaulus, in the sense that Gaulus is not sufficient to atone for him because his sin is too great. 
The reason is Mishim Dehavle Shogad Karbal Amazing, because the carpenter is an unintentional murderer who is nearly intentional since he was reckless for not ensuring no one was present while he was chopping wood. Daf Lamed Gimel, so the Simmer Daf Lamed Gimel is a pegleg pirate. So here goes. The pegleg pirate, pegleg pirate, that must have been more in Daf Lamed Gimel. The pegleg pirate who got injured by a tum and was told he could not collect full damages, which reminds us, we have Machok is time to come in Rebekiva whether a tum that injures a person pays chasi nezik or nezik shalim. So the pegleg pirate who got injured by a tum and was told he could not collect Full damages, became enraged when he went to take possession of the ox, which equaled half damages, which reminds us, the next mission teaches that if an ox worth 100 zuz kills an ox worth 200, and the carcass is worthless, no less is short, the damaged party takes the damaging ox, which equals half the damages. In a Bryce, Rabbi Shmuel says, you shall not short but basin, the ox should be assessed by basin, and the owner pays the victim up to its value. This is because Rabbi Shmuel holds that the victim is merely a balchov, the damages creditor, and has a monetary claim against him, but no claim to the ox itself. Rabbi Kiva says, ashore. The ox is automatically transferred to the possession of the victim. This is because he holds the nizak as a shutov, a partner in the ox, but portion of the amount owed. So the pegleg pirate got injured by a tum and was told he could not collect full damages, became enraged when he went to take possession of the ox, which equaled half damages, and saw that the owner had already Shechted him, which reminds us of Brisa states, If the owner shechted the damaging ox or gave it away as a gift, what he has done is done. The Gemara asks, let him come and collect from its meat. Rav Shivsi explained that the difference pertains to Pachas Shechita, the depreciation caused by Shechting, for which the Mazik does not have to pay. Rav Hunabred Rav Shua said, This tells us that one who damages his fellow's lien is exempt from paying the creditor because the damage is indirect. Here, although he reduced the value of the ox which the victim would collect, he does not pay the difference. Daf so the similar Daf is a ladder. So here goes. The injured shore leaning against a ladder. Ladder? That must be more Daf the injured shore leaning against a ladder and depreciating in value due to the mazik shore's horn stuck in it, which reminds more discusses if the mazik or nizik change value after the damage, whether the damage is assessed, kashasa nezik at the time of the damage, or kashasa madabedin at the time of standing in judgment. Ravashi explains that the mazik is responsible for the injured ox's later deterioration where it deteriorated because of the original blow, because the nizik can say, your ox's horn is buried in my ox. So the injured shore leaning against a ladder and depreciating in value Due to the mazik shore horn stuck in it, watch the mazik and nizik try to sell shore tum and split the money while dividing the dead ox, which reminds us of this Malchogas in the mission how to understand the case in the Pasuk of Umachrus Ashore Achai Vachatsuas Kaspo, they shall sell the live ox and divide its money, but Gamas Amesiachasun, and they shall also divide the dead one. So, the injured shore leaning against a ladder and depreciating the value due to the mazik shore's horn stuck in it, Watch the Muzik and Nizik try to sell short time and split the money while dividing the dead ox, when all of a sudden a man wounded another man by striking with a stepladder in order to get blood to give his dog, which he would be liable for, if he did it on Shabbos. Which reminds us, Revov taught a price before Rabbi Yochanan, Kolmakalkalim all who do destructive acts on Shabbos are exempt from punishment because only constructive acts are liable, Chutz Umavri, except for one who wounds and one who burns, which are liable even for destructive acts. Reyokan says the case of Chovu is a Chovu B'Tzar one who wounds where he needs the blood for his dog. Although the act is destructive and the toll damage is greater than the benefit, his purposeful intent is sufficient for liability. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do you learn that if one entered a carpenter shop with her shus and is killed by a flying wood chip, the carpenter is potter from galls because it's a case of Shogeg Karvo that's on Duff? Lamed Bay is good. Number two. 
which something in the Rabbi Yavov says, All destructive acts on Shabbos are exempt from punishment, except for Chovel and Mavir, that's on Dav. Good number three. Which of the one, if two oxen chase an ox and one injured it, and it's unknown which, the owner of each ox can claim the damage was inflicted by the other and is put there until proof is brought. That's on Duff. Good number four. Which Duff? Do we have a machuk? Because if a time that damages an Adam pays chasi nezek or nezek shalim, that's on Duff. Good number five. Which of the one, if one claimed wheat from someone and the other person admitted owing him barley, he's put there from paying even barley. That's on Duff. Good number six. Which duff do we make of a person who stumbled and didn't warn the person behind him is liable for damages? That's on duff. Good number seven. Which of the mazik is responsible for depreciation where the deterioration was a result of the original blow, such as the horn buried in the Nizak's ox? That's on duff. Good number eight. Which of the one from the drusha of Maka Adu Makmehema that an act punishable by death is exempt from payment even where the person is not liable to death? That's on Duff. Good number nine. Which stuff do you discuss how to understand the Pasuk of Umakhrus Ashora Chai Vachatsuas Kaspo Bagamat Samesiachasun? That's on Duff. Good. And number ten. Which of the one if one puts straw or cut straw in shoes of rubbing to become fertilizer and someone is damaged, the owner must pay for the damages. That's on Duff. Lamed. Excellent. That comes today's year. This is everybody. Ram Goldhar from Zichu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.